Listener Production. Now, I love a lush green lawn in a garden. You know, they can shape and provide a natural walkway or simply be the perfect place to play with the kids. And keeping a lawn soft and green doesn't need to be hard work. If your lawn's healthy and it's thick and you're mowing it regularly, you're going to choke those weeds out and keep them out as well. Hi, I'm Charlie Albone, and in partnership with Still on this episode of That's How We Grow, I'll be catching up with Ben Sims' lawn tips. Now, Ben loves the lawn so much, he's even built a golf course in his backyard. <laughs> a bit sounds a bit stupid, doesn't it? <laughs> insane. So I'm really excited about today's podcast. I spoke to the people at Lawn Solutions Australia and I said I need to find a lawn nut for the podcast. And now I have a new internet crush, uh, Ben Sims. <laughs> Welcome to That's How We Grow. Jeez, mate, appreciate it. Can't believe you said you got a crush on me. <laughs> well, you're an internet sensation when it comes to everything lawn and you do these incredible videos and I've just spent all last night just pouring over them. Absolutely amazing stuff. Where did you start out? YouTube sort of came by accident, to be honest. So I'm a qualified greenkeeper. Mm -hmm. And I started that in my apprenticeship in about 2011. And wintertime as a greenkeeper gets very, very boring. Grass doesn't grow. Everything gets soggy. So I got a bit itchy, a bit bored, had to find something to do. So I started filming myself and putting videos up on the internet just for the fun of it. There was no intention of making money or, or selling products or, you know, I don't know if you call it getting famous when you're on YouTube, but there's no intention of that, but yeah. Okay, and how did you get into lawns? How did you get into lawn keeping? So I was working at a phone shop selling phones and my brother actually worked at a golf course and I was sick of being inside, wanted to work outside. So they offered me an apprenticeship and I took it on just by chance. It was I hated mowing grass when I was a kid. <laughs> we had a property that had like a 10 square meter block and I used to use a whippersnipper to do the whole backyard. So I definitely didn't like grass at the start. And now you're mowing grass like twice a day. Yep, yep. And acres of it. And acres of it. Yeah, you, you're building a golf course, is that right? Yep, correct. Yeah, we've got 12 acres here at home. We were in town about three years ago and bought a property out of town, basically intentionally to build a golf course on it. Right. Do you play golf? I, I do. <laughs> that's good, that's good. Only when I stop working on the golf course, though. <laughs> so yeah, only yeah. recently. What do you reckon the three most important things are when it comes to growing lawn? So it's pretty simple. People probably wouldn't think this, but mowing is going to be the most important thing. So mm -hmm. regularly mowing your lawn, like at least once a week if you can. Because if you tend to miss mowing for three, three, four weeks, you'll find you'll stress your lawn in. It takes another two weeks just to recover from that initial mode that you do there. So that's the main one. Obviously watering properly as well. So water one to two times a week, but make sure they're deep in frequent watering. So you put down about 12 mil each time you put irrigation out as opposed to people thinking you need to water your grass every single night. That's a common misconception. So mm -hmm. yeah, and the last one is just know your grass type. Learn what your grass type is, figure out what region it suits. So if you're in like Victoria, Tasmania, you're going to find there's more cool season grasses there, which are fescues. And that kind of thing. If you're in a warmer climate up in Queensland, even in Sydney, warm season grasses are the go, like cooch grasses, always your buffalo, yep. all those kinds of grasses. What have you got growing on the on the golf course? Bent grass, which is a cool season grass. So orange here is, we're very similar to Tasmania, actually, our climate and, and Canberra, so a little bit cooler. Okay. And you said mowing. Do you have a catcher on your mower or do you recommend just mowing the clippings back into the soil? Depends on the situation. So with the golf green, you pick the clippings off that. Otherwise, you'll have clippings all, right. all over yep. the place when you're playing golf. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but generally, I actually like to leave the clippings going back into the turf. 
just because when you mulch it, it actually helps recycle nutrients and you're going to get more out of your fertilizers and they're going to last a little bit longer because those leaf that you chop off are actually going to act as a fertilizer. and Yeah, break down and go back into the soil. Exactly. Do you have a lawn around the house as well or is it just the golf courses? Yeah, so I've got, I've got mostly kaikiu grass around the house. Um, so I've, I do a couple of videos on my front lawn, but yeah, it's not my favorite grass. <laughs> is that because you can watch it grow? Or? <laughs> I'm not, not so I can watch it grow. I'm not that keen on grass. <laughs> you mentioned watering. How about fertilizing? Is that similar? There is a common misconception with that as well. So people do think you need to fertilize regularly. And you, when you're fertilizing, you want this big flush of growth. Mm-hmm. And that means you've got some good fertilizer, which generally when you're using fertilizers, I'd recommend if you're a beginner, start with the granular fertilizer, which you can spread out by hand. You just need to water it in. And generally you want to go for something that's a slow release fertilizer. So it's going to last 10 to 12 weeks and you only really need to apply it during the grow, growing season, which is like September through to March, April. So you only really have to apply granular fertilizers two to three times per year. Okay. And the reason we do slow release is just so you get that sustained growth. You don't stress out the leaf because when you're pushing more growth on your lawn and it grows quickly, your root system will actually shrink as well. So it's better to allow it to feed for a longer period of time and then you get more out of it. So how is that in drought? Like if you've got a shorter root system and a longer leaf and it's really hot. Yeah. Do you see problems quickly? 100%. You could notice something a day, a day after not getting water if you're pushing too much nutrients. So generally in drought as well, you don't try to push any nitrogen. You don't try and push any top growth. You're more going to be pushing your phosphorus and your potassium to help really strengthen up that root system. Okay. And what's the ideal soil for, for lawn to be growing in? You don't want clay, but I mean, you can work with any soil type. Mm-hmm. I'd probably prefer something more sand-based, not complete sand, but like a sandy loam mm-hmm. or some some really, really nice topsoil with some nice nutrients in it. But you can grow grass in anything. You just got to put amendments in there or adjust it. So are you doing soil tests before you're laying lawn to see what you've got or are you just buying it in? Yeah, 100%, 100%, yeah. So you do a soil test because a lot of the time you can use your existing soil. For example, like what I've used out here on these fairways that I'm building, I'm just using the the um, soil that's in the paddock because the pH is sitting nicely. It's sitting at about 6.5, which is ideal for lawns. Anywhere from 5.5 to 7 is fine for your pH. And as long as it drains well, you're honestly going to be fine. I mean, there's, there's a few things here and there that may need adjusting, but if you can get your pH right, you're going to have it pretty easy from there. So what problems do you see if the pH is low and, and what do you see if the pH is high? The biggest thing is if either end of the scale, like you'll find that your lawn just won't take nutrients in properly and you find the higher your pH is, you'll start, your lawn will look really yellow and you find you get a lot of bare spots and it's even the same when it gets down the lower end of the scale as well. So that's why you want to balance pH is just so your lawn can actually uptake the nutrients that are in your soil. Right. And you, you said slow release is the way to go, but I know you use a lot of liquid fertilizers as well. Mm. Uh, is that for the more advanced and how does that work? So liquids are like a little side fertilizer. On the golf course, we only used to use liquids on the golf greens because it's just easier to do. You don't actually pick up the prill or the granules with the mower. A lot of those are still slow release, but you're going to be amending it more with potassium and phosphorus and it's going to be taken up by the plant a lot quicker, but it still sits in the soil because of microbes and and other organisms that are actually inserted into those products. They still last four to six weeks, but they're not going to last quite as long. It's, It's like... 
You definitely don't need to use liquids. It's almost like a little bit of a next level thing, but you'll see a huge difference in colour if you do once you start using liquid fertilisers. How do they stay in the soil when you're watering? Because doesn't that just leach it all out through through the soil? Doesn't get taken up? So yeah, if you're overwatering, getting a lot of rain, 100% will leach out. Same with granular fertiliser as well. Yeah, the same thing. It's going to leach all your nutrients, and your soil type's going to be different too. So sandy soils will leach nutrients a lot quicker is that's why you'll see golf courses putting out fertilizers two to three times a month yeah because it does leach so much quicker but those they've got a lot of as i said microbes in there so microorganisms which actually help attach to the thatch that's in your soil so they'll actually bind bind in there as well and it's taken up by the foliage so as soon as it's taken up a lot of it the nutrients are taken up in that moment as they're applied in the first couple of hours yeah sure and so how quickly after applying fertilizers can you start mowing again? I'd usually apply them after mowing, but you can mow within three to four hours after applying fertilizers. Right. Not a problem. And you said uh, watering 12 mils a week. How do, how, do, how do you know you're giving 12 mil, mils a week? Do you just do that through your irrigation system? What if you're doing it by hand? Like how does all that Yeah, work? the biggest, you sort of have to calibrate it. So an old test that people used to do is get a tuna can. Because generally a tuna can, like the ones you get from Woolies or wherever you get them from, yep. they'll generally hold about 12 millimetres of water in them. So you test how long it takes to fill up that watering can, put your sprinkler out, time it, and then you know how much water you're putting out. That's the most simple way to do it. Otherwise, you can just get buy little catch cups from irrigation suppliers and they do actually have little catch cups to give you the readings as well on how much you're putting out. Okay, and if it's raining, I guess you need to put your tuna tin out as it's raining, is that right? <laughs> yeah. Run out in the middle of the night, put it out. Well, you look at look at the weather forecast. There's some yeah, cool well, technology, mate. A, well, look, there is that, but it, I'm talking old school. <laughs> talking old school. So how is it, like you've got 138,000 subscribers on, on YouTube. How, how have you made growing grass interesting? It's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's by chance, man. I think I enjoy the editing process, so I love chucking a bit of humour in there. Yep. Some good music, like... Try and make it a bit quick and snappy so people don't get bored quickly and and have interesting topics. I don't just talk about how to mow your lawn, how to do this. Like I make it a little bit more interesting and you know show the golf course and and try and do things a little bit differently. It's not, it's not just a how-to YouTube channel, I guess. Yeah. So tell us about the golf course a bit more. Like you bought this property for that. What on earth? Like you know, a lot of people dream of having having that, but you've actually gone and done <laughs> it. A bit, sounds a bit stupid, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit insane. But no, um, with the design, yeah. I had the thought of where I wanted the golf green to go. But actually had a few subscribers reach out and flick me through some graphics of what they thought would look cool, which was really awesome. They put a visual up. Nice little community. That was sort of like a mixed thing with myself and the subscribers. My wife and I had always talked about buying a property before I was into YouTube and golf and green keeping. But I think the YouTube and the thought of doing something different is what pushed us to buy the property. So it wasn't the only reason we bought the property, but it's it's one of the main driving forces to why we bought this place too. Yep. Because I was living at about, I think I had a backyard that was 300 square metres and I think I was just getting bored and talking about the same grass patch after working on a golf course and yes. having a million different grass types to, to look at and talk about. Am I right in saying you've been flown around the world? <laughs> yes, by chance, yes, I have been. Yeah, so I was flown to the States Back in 2019, just to talk about grass. It's crazy. Yeah. I've met some cool people along the way too. Have you been to all the universities in America that develop the grasses? I haven't actually, no. That's something I would love to do. I've had a few chats with a few of the people that, that work there, but I actually haven't been. I'd love to do that and do a video series on that and love to go over to the UK and 
and even chat to some of the guys in the Premier League stadiums because I've got a few guys that I chat to over there as well. So yeah, it'd be awesome. Yeah, it's a different world in the UK. So when I was doing the Chelsea Flower Show in 2016, I had a, a sunken lawn and it came as one piece. It was, I think, four meters by four meters. What? And it came like a giant carpet rolled up. Really? And it was the last thing to go in. And we had it on a telehandler, like a giant carpet. And they, and it was like going over the garden on, on this telehandler and then dropped into this sunken lawn. You could see all the other designers hoping that it fell off and, and ruined the rest of the garden. But as it rolled out, and then they used an angle grinder to cut it. And it was it was growing. Like the day we laid it, it was longer that afternoon. And they were using it in all these public spaces and people could walk on it because it was grown in this like carpet. But well. I think... The, the cost of it is just too expensive in Australia. There's not enough people that would that would buy it. But it oh. is fascinating, completely different to how we grow grass here. Yeah, wow. And I'm guessing it was nice and thick too, so it established quickly and you could, as you said, you can walk on it. But it just looked like it had been there forever. Wow. Do you have a favourite grass? I, I have a least favourite grass, but favourite grass? What's your least favourite grass? Kaiku, you? <laughs> um, buffalo, believe it or not. Don't tell the guys at Lawn Solutions that. No, no. I think uh, there's a lot more newer grasses coming out which are going to replace buffalo. You know, buffalo is just a good doer and I think it's great for a lot of gardens. And it looks nice in a home lawn. It's not a bad grass. Yeah. It's just, it's the thing I don't like about it is just that thick blade. And Because I come from a golf course background, I just like that fine, yeah. fine turf that you can cut nice and short. But obviously buffalo has its situation and I'm going to get some here. Okay. Just to have some fun with it, but... Yeah, it's more of an ongoing joke with my subscribers about <laughs> buffalo grass because so many people have it. Yes, yeah, a lot of people do. <laughs> and have people it. love it. Yeah. So sorry, I, I get back to what what your favourite grasses are. I'd probably go with a hybrid hybrid cooch. Okay. Just because obviously it's going to require less less water in our climate. Really, really good for the summer here. Mm-hmm. I had some tiff tough a few years ago in my place in town. I just loved how fine the leaf was and actually cut it down to four mil and cut it basically like a golf green. So you can, there's a lot of flexibility with it. You can have it short, can have it tall, nice and soft underfoot, good if you've got pets as well because it handles traffic quite well. So if I was to choose one grass type, I'd probably go with a, with a cooch. It does need sun though, doesn't it? It does, yes. That is the only problem. So you're probably looking more towards a zoysia or a buffalo if you're going to have a bit more shade, yeah. Yeah, I have tiff-tough, but I, half my garden is in, in shade and half is in sun, and you can just tell the difference. And I've got yeah, kids and pets running around, and it's just a struggle for the bit in the shade. And then at the end of summer, it all comes good, and then winter arrives again. <laughs> the constant battle. But I won't put in buffalo, I just, you know. So how do you tackle weeds in your lawn? The best way is obviously is to make sure you have a nice, thick lawn. So if you're regularly mowing, the more you mow, the less weeds are going to like it. So that's probably the best way mm-hmm. to get on top of it. If you get really stuck and you've got like oxalis in there, cats here, you've got some broadleaf weeds, clover's a common one. Herbicides will knock them down pretty quickly. So something like some bow and arrow, which is going to be really, really safe on all grass types. Yep. So bow and, bow and arrow is just a herbicide. That's just the trade name for it. Okay. And you can apply it and you'll see weeds die within one to two weeks. But mowing is the key. 100%. If your lawn's healthy and it's thick and you're mowing it regularly, you're going to choke those weeds out and keep them out as well. And if someone's got a bit of a neglected patch, like they're interested in their lawn, but, you know, it's a bit patchy, it's, they've probably been left a bit too long, how, how long is it going to take to get it good if you're consistently mowing? It really depends on your grass type. So say if you had cooch or kikuyu and it's in a good environment, like there's good sun, as we we're talking about, not too much shade. If you give it an aeration and possibly a top dress as well, you can get it looking nice if it's 
got patches the size of a dinner plate or something, probably in about six weeks, you're looking at getting that area repaired. So okay. if you've got huge patches that may take a season, it really just depends. And then if you look at cool season grasses, which you would just opt for overseeding, mm-hmm. if you've got something like a warm season grass, again, as I said, Kuchkaiki, as always, yeah, I'd let that repair by itself. Cool season grass like ryegrass, fescues, you can actually overseed and you can have your lawn looking good within three weeks. So it depends on the situation. Wow, that quickly. Mm. Yeah, okay. Um, and you, you touched on it then, but is there a good time to do a renovation on a lawn? When do you do that and what do you do? Generally look around the start of September, if you're in like Sydney, Queensland, those sort of areas, if you're in a cooler climate like Tasmania, you'll be looking more towards October. Mm-hmm. Um, but any time that your lawn is actively growing, you can actually do a renovation on it. So as long as you're mowing it once a week and you're actually getting some grass off, you're not just mowing it, <laughs> yeah. you can you can look at doing a reno. What do you do as part of that renovation? What's the process? So a couple of steps. Step one would be to scalp your lawn back, which is just cutting your lawn down to the lowest setting. With buffalo, just be careful of doing that. Don't cut so low there's no leaf left. Generally, the rule of thumb is like 10 millimetres okay. is the lowest I'd go, 10 to 15 mil. With buffalo, with coochie and kaiki, you can take that stuff back to dirt. Loves it. Right. Gets excited about it. <laughs> um, and then from there, aeration is key just to help get some oxygen to back down to the root system, get rid of some compaction as well, and then get rid of all those cores that you pull out from the aeration. Top dresser, just to help with your levels. With the aeration... Do the sandals work? Yeah, I always see them hanging up in Bunnings. You know, the people on the sandals, they walk around with it. I love it when people do that. Yeah, I think no. Because it doesn't, it doesn't work, does it? <laughs> it doesn't work. So you need to go and hire a, an aerator. Is that right? Yeah, you'll find those sandals, like they may put a little bit of an air pocket in there for like a day, but they'll close over that quickly. You're not going to have any impact on it. And they don't okay. go deep enough. Like you want to get down... About 100 mil. I love seeing videos of people walking around in those things. That looks great. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> okay, so you've, aer- you've got an aerator aerated and then into top dress. Yep. And that fills the holes and stops them collapsing? Correct, yes. And it's also going to help with drainage as well. So generally I recommend sand just because it's not going to have any weed seeds in it. Because mm-hmm. you never know what you're going to get from a landscape supplier. Sometimes they'll give you a mix. I've had it happen before. I've had all these weeds come up from some topsoil that I've got or just even a sandy loam. So good to go with some sand. It drains well, which is nice, mm-hmm. which is going to help you throughout the, the growing season. Any sand? A, a coarse river sand or washed sand or bricky sand? Like is there any no sands and good sands? It's a common question I get. I get that question all the time. So you don't want to go something too fine that it will compact a little bit and won't drain well. So bricky sand would be a no-no. The only place that uses bricky sand are bowling greens, actually. They use bricky sand to top dress with. That's what we used to do in our bowling green. Okay. Works well because you want a really nice firm surface. But home lawns, you want to look at... River sand can be okay, can be a little bit coarse sometimes depending on what river sand you're getting. You want to get a mix of fines and coarse. So generally a, a washed pit sand will be a pretty good blend. Yep. And you can buy sands that are called 80-20, 90-10, which is 90% sand, 10% organics, uh, or a USGA sand mix, which they use all those at golf courses for golf greens and fairways and, and all that kind of jazz. Okay, so you've scalped it, you've aerated it, top dressed it, so then you fertilize and water. Yep, perfect. And stay off it? Yeah, you stay off it until it grows back. So 
you generally leave it until you got quite a bit of leaf there. I did a renovation on my Kaikou lawn. Oh, it'd be about a month ago now. And within two weeks, I was mowing again. Okay. So it happens pretty quick. So if someone at home has got a hole, say a dog's been digging or kids have been digging or it's just uneven, what's the best way to fill it in? So it depends on your grass type. A lot of people get stuck on what type of grass they've got and how to identify it. Now, you can actually use Google Lens nowadays and take a photo of your lawn. If you at least take it out with the roots oh, yeah? and put it against some white paper and take a photo of it, it'll actually tell you what type of grass you got, believe it or not. so That's pretty impressive. Yeah, Google Lens is just crazy nowadays. So you can then find out what grass type you've got. And so if you've got like a, a warm season grass that creeps, let it creep into those spots, top dress, so there's some loose soil there for it to creep into. If it's cool season grass and it's a bunch type, which you'll find out when you Google it, um, overseed it with the same grass so it looks uniform. We are heading towards a very hot, dry summer, so we've been told. What can people do to ensure their lawns stay nice and green? The best thing to do is obviously have a good watering schedule and make sure you know how much to water your lawn. Mm -hmm. But there is a product called Wetting Agent, which actually stops your lawn being hydrophobic. So hydrophobic lawns or soil is when you water your grass and the water just runs off the top. You find it happens in gardens a lot as well. Mm-hmm. And you, you'll find you can see it. You can see it a lot more easier visually in a garden bed because you can just see it sitting on top of the soil and it doesn't soak in. Yep. So you can use something like a wetting agent to help break that surface tension. It's basically, it's sort of like dishwashing liquid, but it's obviously designed for turf. So it's going to do a lot better job and less risk of burn. Some soaps can just completely kill your grass. You've got to be really, really careful. Yeah. But yeah, it breaks that surface tension and just allows the water just to soak down into your soil a lot more evenly and actually helps retain that moisture there as well. So definitely something to think about for people throughout this growing season with the predicted drought. I actually did a video on this on Saturday, believe it or not. I, I know, that's why I asked the question. <laughs> oh, that's why you asked it, mate. You're all over it. What I found fascinating <laughs> in that video you did, you had two glasses of water, one with a wetting agent, one without, and you sort of turned them upside down on the lawn. Mm. And just the speed in which the one with the wetting agent went into the soil, that that was incredible. Because, mm. you know, we'll, we'll probably get a bit of rain through summer, but it might just be a short burst. So you, you really want to maximise that water for your lawn and get it in there as quickly as, as possible. And then when you went back to look at it, the lawn that you used the wetting agent was a much deeper green than the rest of the mm. the rest of the turf around it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's awesome stuff. And people don't know about it much either. No, they don't. How often would you, would you apply it? Basic rule of thumb is once a month. Okay. What do you recommend when you're laying a new lawn? Have you got any tips for our listeners? The biggest thing is your soil prep. So you want to make sure you prepare the area properly, get rid of any rocks, Okay. Weeds, you need to clear those weeds out because they're going to come back up in your new lawn no matter what, if they're there already. They're the main things. Yep. If it was me, I'd bring in 100 mil of new soil if you're living in a block in town just to make sure you've got nice soft soil and loose soil that's not compacted for your new grass to actually root down in and get really nicely established because the first couple of weeks are like the most important time for your grass to get established and really kick off well. I always say you have to water a lot more when you're establishing a lawn. How much more than the tuna can do you need to give it? You need to do it daily at the start because you really can't have it dry out because obviously those roots are not rooted down into anything. They're just sitting there. So I generally say to people once a day and you'd go about half the tuna can sometimes. If it's hot, really, really hot and dry and windy, you could almost do the full tuna can. It just, it depends on the situation, the time of year, the grass type as well. If you can do it twice a day, I generally say once a day because people don't tend to have the time to move a sprinkler out there and and get it done. But if you can do it twice a day, do it for sure. 
Is there any products you can be applying to that new lawn to help it establish quicker? Like, is there a liquid fertilizer that helps promote root growth or or anything like that? Or is it just leave it to, to get over the shock and then start the process? There's a couple of different products you can use. People like to use a starter fertilizer. So a granular fertilizer, when they're, a starter fertilizer will be something that's just balanced MPK. So like a 10, 10, 10 mm-hmm. or something like that. So it's going to push some nitrogen to help with your leaf and recover well. Also some potassium and some phosphorus. On top of that, but I like to use um, liquid kelps as well. So, like some seaweed extract, um, it just helps stimulate root growth okay. as well. So, really, really good. You can do that once a week too while you're getting that new turf. What's the most common question you get asked about lawns? Honestly, it would be the top dressing question. So, what do I top dress okay. my lawn with? If you ever do a video, if I ever do a video on top dressing, like it will easily go on trending or get over 100,000 views. I don't know what it is. People just want to know how to top dress your grass and how to level it. Yeah, right. So people ask about what type of sand to use or if they're using soil, what type of soil. So that's probably the most, even in my emails, that's the most common question I get. Yeah, but your most popular video has had 2.3 million views and it's about mowing your grass down to 10 mil. I don't know how that one got 2.3 million views. <laughs> Did you... If, if you watch it, it's just me mowing grass with my kids. Like it's nothing, it's nothing special. <laughs> that's it's kind of wild to think that that's two point three million people have watched you mow grass. It is. It's it's very, it's kind of weird, to be honest. But it's it's funny. I think I think the reason people clicked it is because people probably like, why is someone mowing their lawn at ten millimeters in their backyard? What is wrong with him? That's probably why they clicked it. But <laughs> worked out well for me. <laughs> What's wrong with him? I don't know. I think a lot of people. They they want the perfect lawn. You know, it's it's the icing on the cake when it comes to your garden. I think, mm. like I'm a plantsman, I love plants and garden beds and texture and layers and things like that. But having the lawn gives all that breathing space. Like the two go hand in hand. You know, it's the it is the icing on on the cake, and everybody mm. wants that lawn to be perfect. They want it to look like I, I don't want to say astroturf, but you know, when astroturf goes down and every part of it's like perfectly green, they they want it to look like that. Yeah. Yep, and I 100%. think by you mowing your grass and having such a nice lawn and people go, well, that's how you do it. So they watch. How can you bang on? That's probably what it is. And I found even in COVID, so there was a huge shift in people's mindset to grass as well. Like so many more people got into it because they were stuck at home yeah. in their backyards, looking at their gardens, like I need to do something with this. And there was just a massive whoop, like people were just all over it. It was cool. I mean, it, it's and it's fascinating. The I think the average lawn will produce more oxygen than the largest tree in the world. Yeah. So another cool video of yours that I saw, you were using an interesting ingredient to deter birds from landing on the golf course. Tell us about that. That that was a little bit of a joke, that that video. So I did have a really, really bad <laughs> problem with birds and ducks all over my golf green. Like I'd go out there every day and spend 30 to 45 minutes just cleaning off all these little poos that they were dropping on there. Right, cheeky little things. Um, so I was, I was just looking on the internet of ways to get rid of birds, like humanely, the proper way to do it. Yeah. Um, and Kool Aid came up as something that they were using in the states. A lot of turf managers were using them on golf greens and around golf surrounds um, to get rid of the birds. So I was like, ah, I'll give it a go. I'll put it up on YouTube and see if people will watch it. Did it work? <laughs> so you have to buy the grape one though. You have to buy the grape Kool Aid because it's got something called methyl anthranolate, anthranolate or something in it. I don't know. It's it's just what makes it that that smell, and the ducks don't like the smell of it. Oh, but anyway, it works. It works. Wow, Ben, it's been eye opening. I've learned a lot. But we have some questions from our listeners. Would you hang around and help me answer them? For sure, mate. Let's do it. 
All right, community questions. The first one today is from Simon in Queensland. Hi, Charlie. Loving the podcast. I need a new lawnmower, but unsure on what type to go for. I have a buffalo lawn to cut. Do you have any recommendations of what to go for? Now, you used a cylinder mower uh, to give you that sort of super crisp cut. Can you use a cylinder mower on a buffalo grass? You actually can, believe it or not. You just have Mm -hmm. to get a cylinder mower that mows a bit taller. Now, Cylinder mower is something people tend to buy when they really get into their grass because there is a lot of maintenance to it. So you have to make sure it's always sharp, always cutting paper. If it was me personally, I'd be looking at a rotary mower for your buffalo grass. You can mow that a little bit taller because it does like to be mown around 40, 50, 60 millimetres. If you start getting any lower than that, you just need to push a lot more water into it. So definitely something that's just going to have a rotary mower which has blades underneath the deck yep. and that's going to be the best way to do it. You can mulch mow, you can pick it up with the catcher, but yeah, a rotary mower for sure. Okay, I'm into the battery-powered ones as well. Got one of the bigger battery-powered yep. ones and one of the smaller ones as well. Um, I, just, I think they're great. They just make life so much easier. Yeah, they're good if you remember to charge them. I'm a if you remember to charge them, yeah. yeah. But then I also, if you're using petrol, I always tend to spill it everywhere and then you ought to yeah. not do that on the lawn then you get a dead spot, so... Yeah. Exactly, and you, for, you can forget to buy fuel too, so it's the same thing. It's just remembering to charge it. Yeah, yeah. The still ones have got a holder for a spare battery, so if you're mowing away oh. from the thing, you can just take the spare one out and swap them over. There you go. Pretty handy. All right, next up, Jessica from Sydney has emailed asking, my soil is poor and doesn't look to hold water or nutrients. I gave it a good soaking the other day, but most of the water ran off and didn't get absorbed. I understand this likely means my soil is hydrophobic. What can I do to fix this? Awesome. Soil wetting agent, as you mentioned. 100%. Now, would you fertilize when you use a soil wetter or do you do that separately? You can. You can actually add liquid fertilizers to your wetting agents as well, which the good thing about once you get rid of that hydrophobic soil with a wetting agent, it's going to take up the nutrients a lot better as well. can help relieve compaction a tiny bit. Like if you've got some bad soil, you may need to look at aerating it. It just depends. But if you get onto a wetting agent, mixing it with some liquid fertilizers... You're winning. Uh, another thing I saw in, in your video, which I really liked, was I've, when you have a wetting agent, it, it is like dishwashing liquid. It just foams up. So half fill your pump sprayer with water, then put the wetting agent, and then fill the rest up with a bucket. Don't use a hose because it just froths out the top. <laughs> froths up every yeah. I've made that mistake. Yeah, that's a, that's a good little tip. <laughs> Chris from Adelaide has a great question. He wants to know, when I cut my front lawn, I always trim a little bit of the nature strip that I share with my neighbor, but he never does the same. Instead, he cuts halfway along the small patch. I think they're rude not cutting the whole patch. Who's right? I'm going to say, Chris, you're right. Do you agree, Ben? 100%. Have you seen the guy on TikTok that does the video where he mows half on purpose? (laughs) No, I haven't seen it. He he just mows his half on purpose and he leaves the other half and it gets really long and gangly and he gets comments constantly, what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) He does it as a joke though. He's really good mates with the guy next door. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I've seen people turn up on uh, an offer to cut people's grass. Like they turn up somewhere that hasn't been mown for ages and they make videos of them just mowing the grass and posting that and they do it for free. I think people just get satisfied by the before and afters. He's a really nice guy, that guy too, that does that. Tim the lawnmower man is a good fella. Yeah, you'd have to be a nice guy to go around mowing other people's 100%. lawn, especially when they don't take care of it. You know, that's one of the hard parts about doing TV stuff. When you go out there and you do a makeover for someone and you know they're going to look after it, it's great. But when you're doing it and you know they're not going to look after it, you're just like, why am I doing this? Yeah, 100%. It'll be hard. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
All right, final question is from Fiona. Hi, Charlie. I've got a new puppy who loves playing on the lawn. I can already see some brown patches from his wee and thin spots from sprinting around. Any advice on the best type of grass and how to keep the lawn healthy? This is a good question because a lot of people get those yellow spots from from dogwee. Is there anything you can do apart from keep the dog inside? <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a hard one. I had the same problem when I lived in town. So cooch grass would be what I would recommend just because it's so good with traffic. And it doesn't tend to have a big issue with those those yellow patches that come up when they... It's just the nitrogen in the urine that causes those yellow patches. Right. So you can back off your fertilizer to prevent that happening as well. You just use liquids and not too much nitrogen if you are keen on fertilizing. If you're not fertilizing, that's not a problem. You're not going to have as significant yellow patches there. But the, honestly, the biggest thing I used to do is just train the dog to go in one spot. It's, it's as frustrating as that is, you need to train them to go somewhere else. It's just what dogs do. They need to go to the toilet. They choose a nice patch of grass to do it. Yeah, for sure. Or you can you can dilute those spots if you know where they're going with some water as well. It's really the only thing you can do. Okay, so just yeah. wash it in. If you, if you see them taking away, yeah. wash it in. Do the dog rocks work, you know, that you put in their no, water? No, I've, I tried them. No, I didn't think they worked. <laughs> they don't work. We have a, a water filter on the house, so it sits before the water, mains water goes into the house and would do the same thing. I still get the yellow patches from the dog, so. Yeah, yeah, it's just the way it is. All right, do you have one last final piece of advice to leave our listeners with to help them have a beautiful lawn? Uh, probably just mow your lawn, just mow it. As I said at the start of the podcast, is just make sure you get out there and mow it regularly and you'll find your lawn within like, seriously, five, six, seven weeks, you'll see a huge difference in your yard if you're just out there regularly enjoying it, mowing it. Okay. It's just the, yeah, just keep on top of it. And how can our listeners get in contact with you? You can talk to me on YouTube where I do my videos, Instagram, Facebook. I'm at Lawn Tips at all those places. Or you can email me. Ben Sims at lawntips.net. I do offer free advice to people as well if they reach out. There you go. You can't do much better than that, Ben. Thank you for being my lawn crush. Uh, I've had a great time chatting with you. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Appreciate <laughs> it. It was good. On the next episode of That's How We Grow. I've been around for a long time and during that time I've become the most axed man on television. The king of Australian game shows, the amazing Larry Emder, joins me to chat about his gardens. Just trying to convert outside spaces into usable spaces. Do I see myself sitting in that space? That's it. Having a coffee in the morning or a cocktail at night? I'm Charlie Albone. See you next time. Listener.